Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step -step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY20 at checkout to save 20%. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. GDIY profiles are bonus episodes that tell the stories of how your everyday handler got into the gun dog world. You'll hear plenty of examples of what to do as well as what not to do and how they learn from those experiences. These episodes are being put out to tell the honest stories that we as do-it-yourself dog handlers can all relate to. If you think you would be a good fit for a profile episode, please go to gundogityourself.com and complete the contact form and we may get back to you so that you can share your story. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the GDIY Profile. This time we have Angelo Iacomini on the line. Angelo, did I pronounce that correctly? Perfect. Awesome. Actually. Nailed it. So go ahead and start off with the obvious. Tell everybody where you're calling from and what kind of dogs you run. Hi. Uh, yeah, all right. So Angelo Iacomini, as, as Nick said, um, I'm calling from Stony Creek, New York, which is a small town of about 650 people in the uh, southern Adirondacks of uh, New York. Nice. And so I'm assuming that you get out and chase your fair share of grouse up in that neck of the woods. Our, our numbers aren't great in this, right in this area. Uh, we do have uh, some, um, but our numbers aren't, aren't great. I got out today and I put about three hours in and we put up two. Um, got a shot at one. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, connected on zero, I'm assuming based on your tone on, or, or I would have told you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, f I figured that's how the grouse Quite hunters, uh, I would have told you Yep, that's how it goes. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, it, you know, it, that's, that's how it is. It, it's uh rough, um, very thick cover. Uh, your shot windows are pretty, pretty, pretty slim. Yeah. So, um, we do our best. It's nice to get some birds up. Um, I took all three of my dogs today. I have uh, three short hairs. Um, so I took all three of them with me today. So I had everything from an eight-year-old um, to uh, to an 11-month-old. So Nice. Nice little span yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Actually, the eight-year-old, um, I don't do a lot of hunting with her. So um, I got her later on kind of as a rescue. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so she had, she had her hunting issues and, um, I, I decided early on when I got her that I wasn't going to fight the issues. Uh, I was just going to let her be, be her. Enjoy and, love. Um, but it's yeah, not, but you yeah. took her hunting. So is she coming around slowly, yeah. but surely? Um, she, you have to be real careful with her. Um, you have to, you know, pick your shots usually and stuff with her. Um, 
she stood, uh, my wife joined me today. So um, she stayed pretty close with us today, most of the time. Um, she, she, she'll venture out a little bit. Um, she's, she, she can kind of be my flushing dog sometimes. I'll, <laughs> I'll, one or the other two will go on point and I'll, I'll bring Beverly over and I'll say, all right, Bev, go, go see what they're doing. And she'll, she'll flush the bird for me. So it actually works out good that way sometimes. So you, you have two German short hair pointers and a German short hair flusher in the, in the stock. Yeah, it basically. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Makes so. sense. Well, let's, <laughs> he's he's a sweetheart. So yeah. Well, yeah. Let, let's back up from Bev a little bit. Let's talk about how yep. what got you into the short hairs and just hunting dogs in general. When did that all start for you? Um. So I, I my father got our first German short hair when I was ten years old. So that's about forty four years ago. Um. And um. The treat that my father and I share a treat when we kind of get into something, we get into it all the way, right? It's a, it's a hundred ten percent or nothing. Jump in with both um, feet. Yeah, no doubt. So um, he got into it, and back then he got into um, you know doing some field trialing and stuff like that, and he worked with another guy, and they they um, they they trained that dog uh, pretty well. Um, he was pretty steady, nice dog won a couple field trials and stuff. And, um, my part in that, at that age and, and at that time we didn't have launchers and, uh, to not too many people had e-collars either. So, um, I was, I was the launcher. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I literally hid in the bushes with, with pigeons and, and threw them for the dog and, uh, and stuff. So that started my love of it. Um, don't feel then bad. I, I did it just this past weekend. Still, I'm I'm still a launcher yeah. for some people. <laughs> right. right? Yeah, yeah. It still works, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think back to the methods that you know the, the way they because my father. I can remember my father coming home um, from work one day, and she he said, "Get get the dog. We're getting in the truck. We're gonna go up." Um, guy he worked with was about a half hour from our house. And he said, he's got this, uh, we're going to, we're going to work on some steadiness and he's got this thing, this electric collar he's going to use on him. And it's a true story. Um, and we went up and they put out some birds and, and they use electric collar. Um, it, it definitely wasn't what the electric collars are today. Um, <laughs> De- describe, describe what that e-collar looked like and how it functioned. Cause I haven't put my hands on one that old. I really don't remember what it looked like, to be honest with you. But um, what I can tell you is the one or two levels that it did have were pretty much high and higher. Yeah. Um, so, but I got to tell you, <laughs> you know, and the good and bad of it is uh, it didn't take too many times for the dog <laughs> to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand here and not move because I don't want that to happen again. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so um, I actually have had that discussion a lot of times with trainers that you know some people don't are afraid to turn that collar up where it needs to be so to get that result right yeah um but it it it, um it helped and i mean that dog was real steady um and beautiful so i i learned how to hunt over that dog when he got a little older and uh back then we couldn't hunt in new york till you were 14 so um yeah, fourteen. I, I, I shot my first pheasant over that dog, and uh, so, so, so that's like 50, that's forty years ago. So yeah, have you been in dogs your whole life, or did you kind of leave the world for a little while? I left it. Um, life took over. Yeah. Um, went away to school. Went away to college. Uh, had my youngest, my oldest daughter, I should say, and um, you know all those parenting things and my, my kids were involved in sports and all kinds of stuff. So I kind of, uh, drifted away from, from doing a lot of that kind of hunting. I did a lot of deer hunting, um, and stuff, but not too much bird hunting anymore for a while. Um, till my, then my youngest daughter came home one day and she said, I want a dog named Max. And, um, (laughs) yeah, she, she got married this weekend. So, um, congratulations to to her and and maybe what max was (laughs) (laughs) 
right? So I said to my wife, I said, well, if I'm going to get a dog, I'm going to get what I want, right? Because, you know, kids aren't going to take care. I was about to say, it's going to end up being your dog anyway, yeah. For very long, right? So I found a a breeder that had some Dermot short hairs, and I I bought it for her for Christmas. And um, But unfortunately, you know, life was still going on then. They were still young, and everything was going on. So, I mean, I did some you know, publicly hand hunting with him every year. And, um, we would do some stuff, but he was never really trained very well. Um, would kind of point, he, he let you get in front of him and get a bird up, but it was pretty old, over then. And then you kind of had a fight with him to get it back. To you. <laughs> <laughs> One of those dogs stingy. <laughs> yeah. But, but he, he was, he was a good dog. I, he stayed, he stayed around for 15 years. So, there you um, go. Nice long life. He was life. a good boy. Yeah. Yeah, he had a good long life. He was he was a beautiful short hair, actually. Um, really nicely put together. Um, so and then um we he passed away and and for a while I was kind of heartbroken and as you go. And um so I went about four or five years with no dog. And uh one day I I was uh I was doing some work and um the guy I was doing work for uh, raised labs and I was at his house and um, went, well, he, he paid me to, to do some work and I went to the bank and he wrote the check wrong. <laughs> so, so I was, I was talking to the bank manager about it, you know, and I was like, oh, it's no big deal. I said, I'll just go talk to Tony and have him rewrite it. Um, and it was no big deal. And I don't know, somehow in our conversation, we ended up, she ended up saying that she had German short hair puppies. And um, my. Uh, so you're I going home I with a puppy. <laughs> I, yeah. I said, well, I'll come over and take a look. Right. And my wife was sitting in the car. So when I went out to her, I told her, I said, uh, you know, I just bought a puppy and, and she had some choice words for me, actually. <laughs> I was about to say, though, so then she switched banks and switched over all the accounts and cards. And <laughs> there you go, right? Um, and then, so I said, well, let's go just look. And she goes, you know, if we go look, what's going to happen, right? Yep. So I went, went and looked, and um, I ended up leaving with two puppies. Oh, wow. So okay. I got, yeah, I got Gunner, um, my, my male. He's uh, six and a half now, so... That was, this was six and a half years ago. And um, there was a little runt in the group that nobody else really wanted. And um, I said, and my, my, I was talking to my daughter about it. And she, my oldest, this is my oldest daughter. And she, she, she's like, well, I want them. And I was like, all right. So I made a deal with the guy and I, I got, I got, <laughs> I got both short hairs for 800 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So w- w- walk me through because, uh, you know, we talk about it all the time on here is it's probably not advisable for especially a beginner to get litter mates. Uh, walk me through that experience and what it was like raising litter mates. They get they love each other. I mean, but they never live together. Um, my daughter took had her own house at the time. Oh, okay. So she took she t- she took Cooper and I took Gunner, so we never act. They never got that connection that you worry about um, with that. So that that's good. Although you, they know their brothers, I know that it's it, they have you know we they see each other um, quite a few times a year, right? So um, and they, you could see there's that connection between the two of them, but yeah. but they never got that over connection, you know, that you can get through from littermates. So yeah, gotcha. So. Walk me through it. You get you get your dog, or you know, kind of two dogs in a way, uh, for the first time in four or five years. And I know that you'd been around dogs your entire life, but uh, you know, I'm assuming that this is when the training and your goals and and really kind of taking it serious took place. Well, social media today. Yeah. Um, I of course posted pictures of him on Facebook right away, and I was really happy to have him. And um, a friend of mine in Vermont. Bob uh, gave me a call and said, uh, Hey, what are you doing with that dog? I'm, you know, I, I guide hunts up here at a preserve. Um, he's a beautiful dog. I, I, I'd love to see him. And Bob's a super great guy. And um, I hadn't seen Bob since high school. Um, 
so yeah, so so it was kind of cool. Um, and coincidentally, I was going to Vermont the following weekend with my son-in-law. It, it just worked, worked out, out perfect. That way, yeah, yeah. So um, we went up there, and um, I gave him gave Bob a call, and he met us for dinner, and we we got talking, and um, he said, "Bring bring him up, and we'll see." You know, like by now now he was like six months old, and um, he said, "Bring him up, and, and we'll see what you know what he can do." And he had a little, um, he had a little um, intro- introduction to birds, because um, the fellow I bought him to is is, is a hunter, um, so he had made sure he had already seen birds. Matter of fact, the first time I ever seen him, he came running out of the woods with a quail in his mouth. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> so um, so I brought him up, and we we put out um, put out. We really like. Really, I, I, I wouldn't advise any of this because there was no formal gun introduction or anything like that. This is stuff I would never do again now, right? <laughs> um, I know better now. But uh, luckily, everything went smooth. Um, we put out three pheasant in a, in a, in a field for him. Um, he, found, uh, he found the first one. He stood steady until we flushed it. Um, all instinctual. And uh, we flushed it, shot it. He went and got it and ran around with it a bit. We got it back from him and then um, found the next two, um, kind of followed the same, same pattern. And uh, we had another fellow with us who, was, um, who, who did a lot of NAVDA stuff. And um, he was like, wow, this is a really nice dog. He says, uh, you know, you got you to gotta do something with it. So, um, you know, I, I said, I said, you know, it's – it's so hard to get birds and, and, and do training and stuff. And, and he said, well, do you ever hear of NAVDA? And at the time I had never heard of them. Um, he said, well, go, go home and look, you know, look it up, see if there's a local chapter. And actually by the time I had gotten home, um, I think he had sent me a link to the, the chapter. chapter near my house. Right. Cause us NAVDA people, uh, we're, we're not afraid to <laughs> not afraid to try to recruit somebody in, right? No, I don't, I don't think anybody from NAVDA has been guilty of that. Right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I got a hold of, uh, the, it was the Southern New England chapter in, uh, in Connecticut. And um, so we were living in Connecticut at the time. And uh, I got a hold of, uh, of the training director there. And I, like I said, I, I dive into stuff with both feet. So I kind of drove the training director because, you know, uh, I don't, I know a lot of Western chapters might do it different and, and other chapters anywhere, but pretty much our, our New England chapters pretty much shut down now this time of year until the summer, you know, between hunting season and, um, you know, and then the winter kicks in and stuff. And they usually start up in the spring and go through summer. Um, I drove him nuts with emails all the way along. And, you, know, you know, when, when, when we getting started here, I'm ready to go, you know? Um, and he kept telling me we were in the spring. I, I um, so I, I drove him nuts, but, um, I'm sure he deserved spring, it at least. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, uh, it's, uh, Mike O'Donnell. He, he, he actually taught me a ton. Um, I was very lucky that he was my first training director, to be honest with you. Um, so finally, finally spring came and, um, you know, we got there and, um, I remember he went around and, you know, it's, I, I think every chapter probably sees the same thing, you know, them first, them first meetings are usually packed, right? Yeah. Everybody that got a puppy over the winter is, is there and, and everybody that wants to get a natural ability done and stuff like that. And I, I'd be honest with you at that time, I didn't even know what a natural ability test was, um, but he he asked everybody what you know what they wanted out of this, and um, at that point I had told him you know I just want a good solid hunting dog, you know that I could hunt over that'll retrieve the bird for me and stuff, and, and uh, he's like okay you know and um, they we and we started you know he started we started on the path that, you know you start meeting everybody and. 
and finding out what to do. And so what, what was it like this many years removed and helping your dad train and everything going to NAVDA and having somebody like Mike help you get started and training? Like you said, you didn't really know any better to do the gun intro set, you know, the probably right. I had done wing on the string all winter. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. That's all I had was a wing and a string. And I actually I planted a dead bird a couple times. Nice. Um, something else I probably the, I wouldn't do. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say it, for for those listeners that may not recognize an issue, quote unquote, with either one of those things. Kind of tell me how uh, planting a dead bird worked for you. With him, it really didn't do anything terrible i don't know if he ever got anything bad from it um i mean he recognizes now but um you know uh, there's definitely different scent from a dead bird an old dead bird yeah. that you got out of your refrigerator than, than, <laughs> than a live bird um i don't know how much it set him back but it's definitely not something I would do again. It, it right? may not have even set them back at all, but you know, it probably didn't push them forward right. either, right? You know, no, right, it, exactly. It, you know, stuff like that. It's it's like it's not necessarily there. It's not going to hurt a dog more than likely, but it's not it's not exactly helping the dog either. You're not right. not really right. doing much of anything other than just killing time, I guess. Yeah, he was. Yeah, exactly what I was doing. I was I was definitely killing. Uh, some time until the spring came yeah so kind of walk me through like wh how are you getting your feet wet is it starting to make sense as you go to the navda training day and mike's helping you out laying out a plan or something uh they at that at that chapter um they do a lot of place board work yeah i was about to say i've heard about mike and his place boards right yeah so um that's that's where we started he uh you know he brought me to his truck and he showed me what a place board was um set me up with a group of guys um that were all in similar situations or, or maybe slightly ahead um uh and you know got me into you know teaching the place board you know, just to stand on the place board first and you know and we just Went worked it through all the way you know until we would have you know big groups of uh you know, eight, 10 guys with dogs on place boards, you know, we'd throw some pigeons and, um, work steadiness. Mike's big on, on doing everything before you get to the field, you know, yeah. have a good solid foundation before you get to the field. Don't just try to get out in the field and, and make it happen. And, and trust me, I made that mistake a lot. And he used to get quite mad. <laughs> <laughs> he used to say, have you done this, this, and this? And I would, I would lie. Yeah. And say, yeah, I did, I did it. And then we'd get out in the field and it'd be quite obvious I didn't do it. <laughs> or I, I hadn't done it enough at least, right? And and he would get he would get on me that um, you know, you need to you need to get your 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 uh, you know, your P's and Q's all in, in a row here before you uh <laughs> uh go on to the to get him in the field because of course every new trainer right what do you want to get that dog in the field yeah you want to go see point you want to shoot you want to see retrieves you want to see all that but it sounds sounds like you had one one of the good training directors kind of steering you through it so you know fast yeah. forwarding a little bit i'm assuming did you did you na test the dog yes we uh na test him um the first na test his field work went fabulous um he swam like a fish, so that was never an, an, an issue. So he got the right track. in there and swam. And yeah, the track. Um, the morning of the track, they decided, um, and, and the the land that they used is is all private land there. That they they they, uh, I don't even know if rent's the right word, but they use. Um, they decided to cut that field. So they had combines running and they were cutting that field in the middle of the test. They were mm. like right behind us cutting. They cut the section where we were doing the, um, the, the um, track. And then we came in and it was, a, it was a disaster. Um, <laughs> that not good. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, not, none of the dogs did very well. And I, I don't know if any of them even passed to be honest with you. I, I think Gunner got a one. And a couple other dogs got ones, a bunch got zero. I mean, it was, it was just not an ideal situation, but unfortunately, you know, it happens. you're limited in these, in, you know, these, these 
I'm, I'm a lot more involved in it now. So at the time I was quite frustrated, but today I kind of understand, you know, you're only limited to what you got and you got that day. So you have to do what you um, got to do. You got to do what you got to do. And, and, um, you know, judges as judges have to judge what they see right then. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Even, even though, even though the situation was so bad that if the dog didn't track, he didn't track, you know, why it didn't track. He can't assume yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but luckily I was, I, I got a, we still got a price. I think I still got the one. So I still got a three, um, a price three. And then you just decided to let's retest it. That They can't have a combine running every NA test, right? Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, um, somebody told me about another test that was going on not too far away. I called them up and luckily they had a spot for me. So they slid me in. And, um, and everything went real well that day. He's still only, I, I'm, I'm not the guy. And, and I, I, I love the name of your show uh, <laughs> because I, I mean, I take a tremendous amount of pride and, and I've gotten a lot of help from really good people all along. So, you know, but I take a lot of pride in, in training him myself. Yeah. You know, it, it's a lot of fun to me. I rather see, and he's a pretty good dog. Um, I rather see him go a little imperfection because I don't know what I'm doing. And, and yet I know I did it myself. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. he ended, he got, a, he got a 110 prize one. I was very there happy. You go. Yeah. I still caught, yeah, he caught a three on the track. He had a little, did a little fupa on the track with me and got me a little nervous for a little while. I thought, <laughs> I thought maybe he just can't track. <laughs> um. Well, it's it's always the track for everybody. Not always. That's unfair to say, but it's usually the track. <laughs> Certain breeds, especially the short hair, right? With that that drive to hunt. Yeah. You know, it's very easy for them to break into hunting mode and out of track yeah. mode. Well, and yeah. so you know, not not to skip over too much because you you, you retest, you knock knock out the NA test, and I know you just got back from the Invitational. You went to New Mexico and you had a yes, hell of I a did. time. And uh, so, you know, there's obviously a lot of time. Is this the puppy that you actually took to the Invitational, or is this one of your other ones? No, this is him. This okay. is this is Gunner. Um, so yeah, how, uh, how do we go from NA test? to new mexico kind of fill in the get hit the top of the waves hit the wave tops for me as we go to new okay. mexico uh, a lot of work yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um after the na test um several of the members that um were in that that chapter um do the uh, rick smith method mm -hmm. um so um there was a introduction seminar at uh, Quinnabog Kennels in, uh, in Connecticut. And, um, I went to that. Um, I did that seminar and, you know, learned about the wool post and, and all that, and that, that system. And, um, one of my, one of my issues that I, I had is I, I would, I would, you know, be in, being new to it, you don't know what to do, right? So you're searching for, for how to how to how to teach this stuff, right? And it seemed like every week I'd show up because I did a ton of, of um, you know, watching videos on YouTube and and all that. And um, can be good, but can also be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I was I was changing methods every week. You know, yep, every week yep. I'd show up. And with with another way to to try, and there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, every as as people that do this know, there's it's you know one way isn't the only only way that's for sure. Um, but I was changing methods left and right. So, so the Smith method, the Smith method lined you out. It gave you a sense of direction. I'm assuming kind of reading between the lines here. Yep, yep, yep. I, I finally, you know, I was told pick one method. And, yes. and stick with it because it'll, it'll work. You know what I mean? If you stick with it and do it right, it'll work. And so the, the Smith method came along and I had um, some good people that could help me. Um, I knew if I stuck with that method, I knew there were other people in the club that um, they used it so they could give me advice. If I, when I got into that, you know, that sticky situation where you don't know what to do. Um, so I started following the Smith method and um and and it, it worked real well. I've, I've I mean I've taken all all three uh, 
um, seminars uh, with Rick um, more than once, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just you you learn more every time you every time you get to watch it. It's not the same class drip, every drip. time. I haven't I haven't gotten to attend one in person yet. I will. It's it's on my list, but. Yeah, it's from my understanding and just being around dogs enough. You, I, I can already tell you're going to glean something new every single time you take it. Exactly, exactly. Um, so for field work, we went went with that, and um, it, it 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 helped me a ton. Um, I was lucky enough to live close to Quinnabog Kennels um, and became friends with Jen Broom um, there, and um, so I was able to. When I did run into a problem, um, she's she's uh, pretty adept at at the Smith method. So she was able, I was able to give her a call or bring Gunner over there and and say, hey, you know, this isn't going right here. What am I doing wrong? And she was able to pretty quickly tell me, this is what's going on. This is what you need to fix and or you know how to fix it. So yeah. so that worked that worked real well with the with the. Um, with the field work and, and getting him steady. And, and he's a good, he's a very even keeled, very, um, he's he, the word, the, the right word would not be soft because there's, he's not soft at all, but, but you don't need to hit him with a two by four to get gotcha. him to, to do anything either. He's, he's, uh, it's just he, about he, communicating he it in the please. right way. Yeah. 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 He wants to please. So, you know, so you, you go to the Smith method, you got kind of get lined up and, uh, or lined out and next thing up is utility. And obviously we know how that goes because you are, you went to New Mexico, right? Like, you know, right, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't, well, the first, uh, the first time on utility, we did, we got a prize too. Yep. Um, Gunner, Gunner, um, although he, he didn't struggle in the test with this, but Gunner really struggled with duck search. Mm-hmm. Um, he he uh marks and and retrieves very well but the concept of hey nothing went down out there where am i why am i going <laughs> out, there, out there to get it, it it throws a lot of dogs for a loop especially just starting out right right yeah well you know it's it's an obedience right i mean a lot of the nav the stuff is about is about the obedience of what what your dog can can be obedient and and listen to you and and follow your direction and trust you um, so it took, it took a lot of work to get him through that, um, get, get him through that mind of, of, you know, there is going to be a duck out there. Um, we did a lot of work and we, but we got through it. Um, but then the first test, the first time we tested him, um, you know, he, he, um, he likes to break on the fall. Yeah. And so there's, there's yeah, a steadiness he, place. You, yeah. If you miss that, if you miss that bird, he'll stand there and watch it fly away all day. But as soon as he sees that bird hit, um, and uh, I'm not blaming them by any means, um, but I had a couple gunners that were real quick on the trigger uh, that first day, and they were they were putting those birds down pretty close, you know, and and I don't know why because he was training great up to it. Uh, um, but that day of that test, he broke, uh, three times on, on the fall on me mm. out of four birds. But that's a, that, that's a good example. You know, you're, you're, you're saying like, maybe they shot it too close, but usually you hear the opposite on test day. Like, man, those gunners are, they're waiting forever to shoot and it's too far of a retrieve. Right. It's, you know, it, right. it, it's like, no matter what the gunners are going to take it, you know, it's, it's easy pointing at them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It was, it wasn't their fault. It was, it was definitely, it, it, I take, you know, we take the blame for it. 100%. They, they did their job very well. I, you know, I just needed to um, shore up some stuff, you know, somebody, somebody called me cause I, you know, after the test, I, um, you know, posted about it on Facebook again and, and, and some other things. And, you know, I got a call from another trainer who um, quickly suggested to, um, you know, stop giving him retrieves. Um, Denials. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah, deny, you know, because um, I hadn't done that. Um so we, 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 we did that. We did some denials uh, for a while where he didn't retrieve for a, a long time. I, we would shoot the bird. 
I would go get the bird, bring it back, and I'd then give him the bird, um, let him hold it, um, but not give him the retrieve on the bird. And um, that broke that habit. Yeah, that did the trick for the retest, huh? Pretty quick, yeah. So the following year, we retested, and he did real well. So Nice. And and spoiler alert, you, you got the prize one. Uh, yeah. And then you start preparing for the invitational. Uh, kind of tell me, you know, we don't have to go into too much detail. There's not enough time on this, but <laughs> the mindset of just get getting your, your head wrapped around what you have to prepare for on the invitational compared to what you've already done. You know, you've retested, you, you did the NA test twice, you did the utility test twice. Now you got one shot on the invitational, right? So exactly. So exactly. What, what's your mindset going on on that? Uh, I was, yeah, I was pretty, pretty nervous. Um, I knew if I had the time and right, I, I know what a good dog he is. Um, so I knew if I had the time and the right direction, I could, I could get him there, but, um, I wanted to make sure I, but I knew I only had one shot at this, you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't going to be a retest again. And, and my, my mindset was very much what you just said. I had to retest twice because, and not because of the dog, because there were gaps in my training and my inexperience of knowing how to train, um, for each test, you know? Um, so I knew I had one shot. So I, uh, I did, I just really did a lot of studying as much as I can. Your podcast with uh, Charles Coulter was, was a huge help because he went over a lot of things that, you know, constant, what to concentrate on, what not to concentrate on, depending on, you know, what your dog's good at, um, stuff. I, I reached out and, had uh, spoke with other trainers um, about, you know, how to, the, how to train the, the blind retrieve. Cause that was now a new element. You know what I mean? A lot different than you just taught your dog. I just, <laughs> I just spent months and months and months training him to go search a lake. And now, now, now I want to <laughs> just, straighten just, out. <laughs> now, you know, forget all that. Remember what I thought? Yeah. <laughs> right. Now I want you to just go straight across that there's going to be a duck laying on the other side. Trust me again. Um, so I knew, I knew I had to reach out to the right people to try to get um, good advice and good direction on how to, how to train all these different elements that I, that I was now, I was never really too worried about the double mark because he marks, he's always marked really good. He loves to retrieve. Um, he's really, a natural retriever. I mean, I did, I, I, I did do a, um, a, a you know, a formal uh, retrieving session with him, but it was very easy for him. Yeah. Um, he wanted to do that, you know? So, so you used, you know, the, the episode with Charles Coulter, I'm assuming you're talking about the one way back when the, uh, living that VC life or whatever. I think, yeah. man, that was, if I, if I had to guess, it'd be like episode 15 or 16 i'll have to go look at that yeah it's way back there uh, <laughs> so sorry for making your ears bleed on that if you went back and re-listened to that but uh what, what were some of the other sources that helped you get going you said there's a couple sources as well as some other ones yeah um well i use patreon um and um i've been a stamp i actually i own a standing stone puppy she's my my uh 11 month old pup um, I figured that's where we we're headed. You're wearing the standing stone hat. I figured, oh, yeah, I figured yeah. Ethan and Kat were going <laughs> to pop in at some point during the conversation. Exactly. Um, so I did, I reached out to Ethan, um, and, and spoke to him and, and got some of his advice, uh, about, you know, what to train and, and what to do. Um, and he put me in, in touch with, uh, Bob Owens at Lone Duck. Yeah. Um, which is only about three hours from here. So it was, it was close too. So, um, but I joined his Patreon and um, started watching his videos and mini tea pattern, you know, tea pattern. And every morning, just about every morning we'd wake up and actually became quite famous as the guy down at the park working his dogs every day. People, <laughs> started, people started stopping by to see me and just watch, um, and watch us work. It, it was, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I would see cars just pull in and sit there for a little while, you know, as, as we worked, uh, T-Pad, you know, 
piles, pile drills, and then mini tees, and then tee patterns. And, and I had my little video on my phone on, on my tripod, and I videotape each and every one, and I'd send them to Bob, and, and Bob would say, you. yeah, do some do some more of that or, Hey, stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, we, we worked through that T pattern and, and, um, and all that. And, um, right about at the perfect, it worked out good. I, I get lucky every once in a while. Um, uh, it worked out perfect that right when I was at that point in, in the T patterns and, and, and doing the handling work, um, Ethan came up from uh, Kansas to New York and they did a, a dual little um, clinic together. Yeah. Um, so we went, my wife and I went to that and, um, and, you know, so I got, he got, Bob got to see Gunner firsthand and what I needed to do. And, and Ethan got to kind of sit back and watch what I had been working on too. Um, which was good because he, he said to me, you're doing, you're doing great with, with the T patterns and stuff, but you know, I had, I didn't need to make him into a retriever. Either. Yeah. You're just, you know you're, what I you're, mean? You're just training for one section of a test, right? Right, right, right. So he was like, you know, you're doing good. He's doing really good. And it, it ended up saving me in the test to be quite honest with you. But, um, you know, concentrate on getting him to go a straight line. Well, let, let's get to that because I, I know, you know, we're, we're yeah. kind of going on time here, but but I don't want to rush because the blind, you know, anybody that kind of keeps up with NAVDA at all, has anybody, friends, they've kind of heard the, the situation in the blind down in New Mexico. Apparently it was a tough, tough test. It yes. was, a, you know, the blind yeah. was the, the make it or break it for most people out there. And uh, you succeeded. You made it through. So that mini T pattern and and supporting and interacting with Bob and, and Ethan through Patreon really seemed to help for you. I mean, it, it worked. Oh, you yeah. know, checked that box for you. So walk me through, like, you know, what what was it like going down there and everybody's struggling and you, you make it out through the skin of your teeth? Well, you know, the funny thing was the day before you do a walkthrough of all the sections of the test and every one of us walked up to that um, blind retrieve. We were all standing there in a big group and all the whispers and all the talks of everybody. My, my uh, friend that had come with me, Heidi, uh, out there, she was running a couple dogs and we all looked at it and said, oh, this is going to be the easiest I mean, it's as straightforward as can be. They're going to lay the duck right over there. I mean, it's, it stands out like a sore thumb. There should be absolutely no problem. And we kind of quickly moved on to the next subject because we were like, this looks so easy. Yeah. And um, first morning of the test, um, I get my um, order, my running order. And the first place I have to go is to blind retrieve, right? So I'm like, all right. So I, I said, this is good or bad. We're either going to be in this or out of this right away, <laughs> right away. Um, so we go over there and um, I'm the fifth dog and the uh, first four dogs all fell. Um, you know, the, the, the pond is it. So it starts out real narrow. You're on like a little peninsula, but the, the, the pond starts out real narrow, then it widened out and there were uh, cattails and, and stuff where it widened out. And then it kind of came back in. It was kind of the identical shape on the other side. So, and then there were cattails and, and a lot of brush, uh, not cat, forget the name of the brush, but it doesn't matter. But there was, there was cover over there um, on either side. From what I could see from watching was that, and I knew earlier that when I got there, they had to chase a bunch of ducks off the pond uh, <laughs> to get us started, right? And um, so there was a lot of duck scent in those cattails and in that in that cover over there. And what was happening was every dog would get out to where it got wider and they would get a good whiff of that duck scent and they were off left or right. Turn it into a duck do. search. Yeah. Yeah. And it became duck search. And unfortunately, a lot of people didn't have the handling skills um, to, to get the dog back on track. They would call, you know, 
they give you a call back, you know, so they, you call back, the, they call back the dog, line them back up, send them again. But then they would just, they, they would get to, it was like a one spot. And it was just like, when they hit there, that wind came out of those, out of that, out of that um, cattails and just caught them and pulled them right to, right to it. Let, let me ask you, let me, the, to put you on the spot, cause you know, nobody's yeah. listening to this. Uh, would you say that it was a realistic hunting scenario? I mean, to me, it sounds like it is from everybody I've talked to just sure, with all the ducks, not. you know, all the wild birds and ducks are in the area. So to me, you can realistically be duck hunting that and you may need that, that retrieve. Sure. I, I mean, I'm not the biggest duck hunter. I'm going to be honest with you here. I, I've done a little, but not a ton. Um, but it very, very realistic to me that a duck could have gone down. The dog couldn't mark it. It's sitting over there. Um, and you need to send them over there to get it. And, you know, there's going to be other ducks in around. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I thought it was I thought it was very, very realistic. So you obviously you get you, you get out there and you get to. Uh, uh, apply what you've been working on, what you've been training. It's just like you weren't crazy for over-preparing for the blind. You go out there and it's like, I, I still got this. I'm prepared. I, I Well, I, I didn't, I was worried more about that. Okay. <laughs> I was a little, I wasn't quite that confident All walking right. up there, but, but, um, but I was confident that, that he, he'd been, he'd been trained, you know, we have worked hard and, and, and if I had to pull something out of, out of my pocket, I had something in my pocket to pull out if I needed it. Um, so I, I bring them up there, I line them up. And, and, and on that day, the, all, all, the wind was coming from the right. So all the dogs were going right. So I, I kind of tried to line him up a little left, figuring he was going to get pulled that way. And I sent him and he, he took, took to the water. He, he's not one of those, you know, diving dogs. Yeah. He kind of goes into water with purpose, but, but, you know, and he, he started going straight and, um, he got past that point where everybody else was turning and he was still going straight. And at that point, my heart was a little better. You know, I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe he's going to make it. But as he went, he just kept, kept going to the Drifting. right, going to the right, going to the right, going to the right. And, um, when he did finally, and I, you know, I thought about trying to straighten him out while he was in the water because we had worked on that a little bit. We had done swim bys, and um, but I felt more confident with controlling him when he got on land, you know, than than, than trying to, to trying to uh, move him over in the water. So I let him get all the way to the other side. And, when he came out, he was quite a bit to to the right of where the duck was. Um, he got out and he started up uh, up the bank. Uh, it was a pretty steep bank on the other side. He started up the bank, and then he thought he took a right. Now he takes a right, and he's going to go into the cattails and stuff. And um, I whistled, and um, uh, dude, it was it was so much fun. It really was. It was this was fun. <laughs> This was when I knew we were we were good to go, because as soon as I whistled, he spun around and he stood there like he's on top of a hill. His ears are perked up. His chest is out. And he's just he's looking at me like, you know, dad, give me where where am I going? Tell me where to you go. Know boss. I mean? Yeah, he, he was. You know, you know, he was he, it was just. He was just spectacular. I mean, he just he just turned around and he looked at me and it was just such a confident look like, what do you want? You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was no and I just I had my hands up already. Um, give him a good target to look at me. I gave him a hard, hard left and he turned and took off left and they brought him right to the dock. And um Perfect. He picked up the dock. Yeah. And the, the judge was standing behind me and he put his hand on my shoulder. My legs were shaking at this point. <laughs> I mean, I could not hold them still. I mean, they were just quit shaking. And he he's like, well, he said, first of all, that was really nice. And he says, now you can breathe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's got the rest of this. And um, he brought the duck back nicely and exactly um, how it's supposed to go man it was, that's it, it yeah and i mean if i didn't have bob's help with that uh definitely 
Well, that's exactly an issue. That's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, first and foremost, you know, it, it's a testament of your dedication and consistency for training it yourself. But it's also a testament for you reaching out through the avenues that you had available to you through Patreon. Right. You were able to connect and link up with Ethan and Bob, and and it really got you through that. And it's like, I'm glad you did that because you know you you could have winged it and just figured it out on your own and gone down there could could have paid off still you know you never know but but it at least gave you the confidence and i just i love hearing stories like that because you work all summer long on it then you actually get to go use it you know there's some things we train that you never really actually get to use come test day or hunt and it's like well that crap i wanted to actually do it <laughs> yeah 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 oh yeah no exactly because you never know how a test is going to go right i yep. mean you never know what's going to happen. And especially with this being in New Mexico and nobody really knew, like if it's in Ohio or, or, um, Iowa, Iowa yeah. it's been so many times that you can have so many people tell you, you know, exactly. Oh, you're going to have current like this and you're going to have a hill like this. And you know, where they send in the dog is this problem and that, so you could work this and we were, we were blind, you know, on, was literally a blind retrieve even for me because nobody knew exactly what was gonna the way it should be <laughs> the way yes. it should be yeah yeah it, it should be somebody asked me that recently like could you have gone out there and trained there you know beforehand and i was like no i said that's actually you know that's a big part of it you're not allowed to train i don't remember the exact dates that they tell you a certain amount train of that anymore um but uh you know it that, and that's that's the test that's the that's the true part of the test right for sure for sure and you know obviously we're we're skipping a ton i mean there's there's right. a million things that we can talk about you have a whole nother puppy like you said a standing stone puppy and and we didn't get to get too much into bev but you know i always ask the same two questions from everybody i think you kind of already gave me one with the charles reference was there another episode that that we've done that kind of helped you in some way shape or form or just that you really enjoyed you know what's helped me? I think you're. You may find that's a little, maybe strange, maybe not. Maybe people tell you this all the time. Your your episode on pigeons, the pigeon, the two episode. part episode on pigeons. Um, I've had pigeons, you know, with the dogs for a while, and um, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I was, you know, I threw them some scratch feed and. <laughs> um, you know, they had their, their coop and, um, I was driving along one day and I was going through your episodes and I was looking for one to listen to. And I said, Oh, let me put this pigeon one on see what it is. I was actually on the way to a training one morning and I listened to it and, um, it was awesome. And, um, you know, I came home and I, I got on Chewy and I, yeah, spent a bunch I ordered, of money. <laughs> I ordered, yeah, I spent some money, um, and I, I um, you know, bought proper food. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, unfortunately, I lost some pigeons over over the time. You know, I never really knew why. You know, but but listening to, to you guys talk about you know the proper nutrition and the way the coop should be built and and the ventilation and, and feeding them like because i was i grew up with chickens man you just threw them enough food <laughs> just, and they ate yeah, it for they're a month, gar right garbage <laughs> disposals <laughs> right exactly so i had one of them old metal chicken feeder feeders in there that i filled up and and they would eat 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 eat, eat. and um you know, I started, I started feeding them every day at the same time. I feed them just enough for that day. Um, I'm in the process. I, I ain't even finished it yet, but I'm in the process of redoing my coop. Um, but um, it, it, that helped me a ton because, you know, with the puppy, man, you know, we, we, in the Northeast here, um, Cause I hear, I hear a lot from guys, um, out West and stuff that say, get, you know, get your dog on, on, uh, wild birds. Well, we really don't have a lot of that to, to bank on here. We're, we're, we're kind of stuck with what we got, right. We got, yeah. we got training birds. Um, and it's tough with, with, with training birds, with, with young dogs, you know, they're catching them and, and this and that. And 
So the best bird I've ever found to use was pigeons. You know, they, they generally fly well, they don't get caught. Um, so having, having good, some good pigeons. And you saw, you saw a quick turnaround in the coop just by changing up the food and everything. Just changing the food, adding some grit. Um, goes a long way. The, the apple cider vinegar in the water. Um, and even somebody, uh, my, one of my friends came over one day and they said, man, your pigeons look great. They're, they're like fat and healthy looking, you know what I mean? And and I I mean, I didn't, I didn't even really notice it as much at first myself because you know, you see them every day. Um, but now it's been, I, I probably listened to that episode like three, four, five months ago. And, um, yeah, it's it's a big difference, and I don't lose pigeons anymore. I mean, occasionally, just a quick turnaround, just by just by giving a little bit of attention, just the food and, and attention. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I, I'm glad it helped you out, Anthony. Man, he's he's awesome. He's he's my contact. If I have any pigeon questions, I'll just you know fire off a quick text for him. But uh, I'm glad I'm glad you got some value out of that episode. Before I did it, I was like, man, I don't know if people are going to find this interesting or not. And then it's just like, man, all the pigeon nerds came out of the woodwork and, and, <laughs> and hadn't stopped. I, I love it. But, uh, yeah. Angelo, man, I, I wish I could keep talking forever. <laughs> I mean, obviously we have, we have a lot of meat left on the bone, but maybe we'll just have to do a return profile later on down the road. But yeah, if you want to, that would be great. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you joining me and kind of sharing your, sharing your experience and, and kind of your journey through NAVDA and everything. It was, it was a lot of fun and, uh, glad that, glad that all the hard work and linking up with Bob and everything like really helped you. And it's just a testament guys. Like, the resources out there there's more than just the podcast you know all these guys have their own patreons i know we're we're trying to you know kind of bring more value to ours as well uh that's kind of in the early stages but you know if you need help don't be afraid to throw support to these guys you know don't just send a you know just an instagram message you know if you're asking actual questions Throw a couple bucks their way. I, I know Bob is the one that talks about it. It's like buying him a beer. He'll give you help, yep. but buy him a beer. <laughs> it, it's it's really yeah. that simple. Exactly. And so, you know, they're there for you guys. And, uh, yeah, just just consider that next time you're like, man, I don't know what to do. Before you hit that that message or something to them, I'm sure they'll still answer eventually. But, you know, go, right. go throw them support, support. If they give you something worth value, support them. Yeah, no, no doubt. And. I mean, I tell people all the time, you know, they, they ask me about, you know, they get a puppy and they show up at NAVDA and they're, they're asking, now I'm the more of a veteran guy, right? So, <laughs> yep. um, you know, they're asking me questions and I, I always tell them that, you know, you know, it, and Ethan and Kat have become, you know, kind of superheroes on, on, on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it seems like everybody knows knows or, or heard of them or watched their some of their videos or you know looking for stuff that comes up pretty quickly and and their videos to me are, are just a quality above most of what's out there but um but i'm biased yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know the patreon thing it gives me just i still feel like i'm doing everything and i'm training my dog i'm not sending him necessarily to somebody which is nothing wrong with sending your dog to somebody but i like to do it myself so and it it gives me that safety net for when i fall when i fall off the the bike you know it gives me that safety net to be able to say oh man what's going on i can't figure this out something's not going right here to say hey look at this watch this yeah and they're like and it i mean within seconds he's like and he's great i mean he answers your patreon pretty much every morning the following morning from when you send it to him so you nice. know the next morning the next morning you get a you get a, a message on there saying you know hey this is what you're doing wrong don't stop doing this or you need to do this or you just haven't done enough of this that's all it is you know yeah um, but whatever it is it's awesome patreon yeah. I, I patreon was was a big find for me those resources and guiding lights they're hard to come by but right. you know check them out if you haven't already angelo again thanks for uh spending some time with me it was fun we'll, we'll have to do it again for sure no doubt Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. 
Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash gundog it yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high grade lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukonuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pups start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.